Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. The first book illustrated with photography, pioneering India's sugarcane crop, and the discovery that genes move about within chromosomes. All of these are achievements that were made by woman botanists in the 18th, 19th, and 20th centuries. Now, the contributions to the field of botany often weren't valued or even recognised at the time on account of the agenda, but the advances they made are still foundational for the study of the living world today. In the Wellington Botanic Gardens, beautiful botanic gardens that they are, has a new display on at the Treehouse celebrating women in botany from across the globe who made historic advances in their field. Reg Harris is a botanist and a guide at the gardens, and he put together the display. He joins me now from Lower Hutt. Kia ora, Reg. Yes, hi, Emil. Look, I wonder, of all these various different achievements, we're going to get into them, but the one thing that sort of unites them all is the fact that there was no recognition at the time. In fact, sometimes there was active hostility, wasn't there? That's correct. Yeah, several times. It was quite a lot of hostility, uh, jealousy, various human emotions. Um, we, uh, we've seen reported, that's right, yes. The achievements that we're talking about as well, Reg, they weren't just in the, in the field of botany. I, 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 a name that stuck out, um, Jean Barre, the first woman to circumnavigate the globe by boat. Tell us a bit about her story. Yes, OK, that's uh, Jeannie Barre, a French woman. She was born in 1740. Um, she was an amateur botanist but was shown to be a fairly knowledgeable botanist. And she was, yes, the first woman to have circumnavigated the globe. What happened was she was the assistant to a qualified botanist by the name of um, Philibert Commissant, and he joined um, Admiral Louis-Antoine de Bougainville for a circumnavigation of the world, and he went along as the naturalist. And I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure that she ended up going with him because he insisted to the admiral uh, that this be the case. So she was his assistant all, all the time. The funny thing here, worrying at the time, no doubt, that um, French and probably English uh, naval ships did not allow women on them. Mm-hmm. So Barre had to dress as a man and also changed her name to Jean Barrette. Jean Barrette. Okay, so she went along as, a, as a, a make-believe man. It was the only way she could do it. Uh, a, a bit of an insult in its own right. Indeed, indeed. It was, botanically speaking, it was a fairly successful expedition. Mm. They unearthed, so to speak, over 70 new plant specimens. Mm. Uh, some of them were certainly named after Philibert Commisson, but there was only one one measly species named after Eugenie Barre. So that was a bit of a a slap in the face after all the work she had done uh, because she was with him, her boss, so to speak, for the whole time and she was very much involved in the collection of the plants. What was that species, Reg? The species was called Solanum barretiae 
and that is a member of the potato family. Mm. And it's the only one that was. Known. It's actually quite a quite an attractive looking plant. Um, but well, that's good. At least it's a, at least it's a nice looking plant, you know. It's a nice looking one, mm. and it's a good old potato. A good so old not, I don't think it's your everyday potato, but it's a nice looking plant. But the other side, the that was all upside. The downside of it was that uh, when the crew, uh, there were two ships involved in this, a small armada. She is on the Etoile. Mm-hmm. Um, when the crew discovered her identity, her gender identity, uh, she was immediately. Um, she, first of all, she was locked in her cabin. I suspect that may have been uh, the call of the Admiral uh, for safety reasons to look after her. I suspect that, or I have, uh, but I don't know. Uh, but she was also uh, subjected some, to some pretty cruel, that is, physical treatment, and you can read that any way you want. So she had there was a bit of a downside of it, side to it too. Mm-hmm. And she was only 23 when she went on the, this expedition. So it was. A, <laughs> A pretty uh, interesting sort of overseas experience for her. For a, her. a brave thing to do, yes, indeed. You do have a few people that you want to talk about. Um, t- tell tell us a bit about uh, Anna Atkins. Anna Atkins, uh, she was from Kent in England. She was a botanist and a photographer, mm-hmm. uh, and she her photographs were technically called cyanotype photograms, and she made a, a specialty of um, taking pictures of British algae. Uh, so that was her, and she was. Under, I understand that she was the first woman to publish a book with fo- photographic images in it. So um, she was quite a, a trailblazer in her own right. The uh, the cyanotype photograms she used, we, we could, could all of us be sort of familiar with those in the old days, my old days, probably before you, <laughs> in building in building constructions, they made blueprints. Right, and they, those blueprints can, were a series of architectural lines mm-hmm. on a blue background. I remember them well, uh, but they've gone out of fashion now. But they were that that they used that technology that she did way 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 before them. And uh, I, I, I'd also like to talk about Barbara McClintock. Um, she, she made a pretty massive discovery about genetic transposition in the in the nineteen forties. Yep. Tell, yes. tell me a bit yes. about this. That's right. She's a, she was from New York. Um, and she was a cytogenetist, geneticist, sorry. It's, it's uh, briefly, uh, cytogenics is a, it's a branch of genetics, obviously, that's also part of cell science that is concerned with how the chromosomes relate to cell behavior, particularly during mitosis and meiosis. That's uh, non-sexual and sexual reproduction. That's what cytogenetics is, and that's what she was, a cytogeneticist. She was, uh, Alma Mater was Cornell University, and in 27, I think it was, she became the leader of the development of uh, of a group focusing on maize, that we call it corn Mm. uh, genetics. And that was the focus for the whole of her life, unbelievable, very, very driven person. She would probably be impossible to live with, but we are. Now, she demonstrated the phenomenon of chromosomal crossover, which basically increases the genetic variation in species, if you like, and, and allows for, enables speciation, what's called, you know, the expansion of species. Mm-hmm. In the 1940s, she, uh, she discovered something called transposition, and this is where genes move, move about within a chromosome, and they, they became known in common parlance as jumping genes, mm. 
which is pretty easy to remember. She also showed that genes are responsible for switching the physical traits to a simple on-off switch. In everyday uh, terms, I suppose you could imagine the uh, this transposition being... The, the mechanics of it are a little bit like mechanics of copy and paste and, and cut and paste in a, in a laptop or a computer. Right. That's how the system worked, and it works in the most simple way I can put it. And she won a Nobel Prize. Yeah, Nobel Prize in 1983 for the discovery of this uh, genetic transposition. Uh, and she went, ran into a lot of problems. She was an outsider. She was a loner, an outsider in her field, and she was... Uh, that had a lot of downsides to it, uh, particularly with her male colleagues. Aren't we a pathetic lot? Mm. Uh, but she was able to, because she was a loner and possibly because she was not a male, she was able to look at things from a different perspective, another a fresh perspective. And this led her to findings that uh, had her colleagues sort of scratching their heads and rejecting her ideas and undermining her abilities for many years. Reg, we've, we've, we've largely talked about um, uh, women from other countries other than New Zealand so far, but there are, of course, many New Zealand women who've, who've made big strides in botany. Tell, tell me a bit about some of them. OK. Uh, well, Nancy Adams would be the first I'd mention, simply because she was, she was a botanist uh, from Levin, and she uh, was also a museum um, curator, mm-hmm. And she was a prolific um, artist, did a lot of illustration of um, plants and so on and so forth. She did, what, around about 40 publications of native plants, alpine life, uh, trees and shrubs and so on and so forth. She received international recognition of her detailed and delicate algal illustrations, for example, the genus Alva, which you probably might not be... Uh, familiar with, but there's one that's one exa- good example, and I think that was the basis that genus of her getting the uh, international re- national recognition. That was Nancy Adams, and mm. uh, she died in 2007, so she's fairly recent. And here's a name, uh, here's a name um, that I hadn't heard before, Lucy Lucy Cranwell. Ah, uh, yes, I've got two Lucys. Two Lucys, yeah. There's two Lucys. I, that's interesting. They were called the Two Lucys by a guy called Leonard Cocaine, a famous bot- botanist from ye- yesteryear. What a name! He called them the Two Lucys, even even though neither of them played rugby. But anyway, <laughs> there's a joke. But anyway, yes. Now Lucy Cranwell was from Henderson. She was a botanist and a museum curator. Uh, she was also a fellow of the very prestigious Linnaean Society of London. But she was reported to be a, a really wonderful communicator of science. Uh, she opened up the new field of palynology. Now, palynology is all about basically, um, if you, these days if you think of palynology, you think of um, pollen, mm. because it's all about the study not only of pollen, but, but, but other small microorganisms. Mm-hmm. So she opened up this, this in New Zealand. It hadn't really been sort of experienced here, so to speak. Uh, she, she did a lot of analysis of pollen, pollen from the sediment and bogs. A lot of it is down southland, I think. Mm. Um, and she was able to reveal the past sort of botanical assemblages in New Zealand. Uh, and she was also a, to able to greatly understand the whole matter of Gondwana and its formation ah. through understanding pollen. The, the so supercontinent, right, right, yeah. of course. So the other Lucy is Lucy Moore. 
she was uh, she's from Walkworth in, uh, up north, a botanist and ecologist. She also was a fellow of that same Linnaean society. So there's two two of our our ladies who were you know re- representing us there. Mm. She was worked in the old botany division at DSIR. And she had responsibility for lower plants and weeds. Lower plants means mosses and liverworts and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. And weeds, uh, well, weeds, <laughs> you don't want where they, you know. Exactly, yeah. yeah. The, the plants base up that you don't want to be there. That's the definition of the weed. Uh-huh. They don't have a technical definition. Uh-huh. So she did a very important paper on, the, on pasture invasion. So she's obviously had a very, very uh, practical bent to her. And also on uh, dock dominate. Dock is that sort of brown, very dry-looking thing you sticking, see sticking up out of pot, paddocks everywhere. Right. And she did made a study of that as a as a um, in in amongst introduced grass and tussock establishment in that sort of environment. Very very practical person. And there is another Kiwi. Her name is Elizabeth. Uh, Edgar, her place is Christchurch. Mm-hmm. She was a botanist and a taxonomist, and she was best known for ta- taxonomic work on the bio- biodiversity of New Zealand flora. Huge job. And she became known as this country's foremost authority and for, for authoring and editing a number of the volumes of the series Flora of New Zealand. I think volume two, volume three, and volume five, dealing with the different aspects. Ridge, so, I, I can. I'm just. You, you are. I can hear it in your voice. You're going like a freight train right now. Like this is clearly something that you feel very, very passionately about. I mean, how how did you get involved with and, and so passionate about botany? <laughs> actually, I don't know. I, I, <laughs> I think it's. I think it started off in my father's garden. Right. I actually quite like being in a garden. I quite like plants. I like trees. I like the idea. The whole. Um, world that trees and plants were, you know, shrubs were about. I did just got to like help my father in the garden, help to keep the uh, the property neat and so on and so forth. So I guess that's where it started. Uh, but botany proper probably didn't, it wouldn't have started until uh, I went to university because I went, I did a um, degree, a science degree at Otago University and I majored in botany mm-hmm. there. And the reason I majored in botany there was not because of any for love of botany, but more that I, I, I fancied joining the New Zealand Forest Service. Right. And I put in brackets basically because I didn't know what else to do. Ah, so it goes, yeah. though. You know, yeah, so some... a, def- a default decision. Some... <laughs> As it turned out, I really got to enjoy botany. Yeah. yeah so that's where it all started. It's beautiful. It's beautiful stuff. Reg, this has been great. Um, people who would like to read more about women in botany, your, your display is at the Treehouse at Wellington yeah. Botanic Garden. Tell us a little bit about it. Okay, it's a there's um, it's all up on a wall. There are th- uh, thirty uh, frames to look at. There's quite a lot of content in them. They're very very pictorial. Which is good. You couldn't do all that in writing; no. it would drive people mad. <laughs> not least of not least of all me. So yes, that's sitting there, uh, and it's open to the public until uh, I think it's Wednesday next week. Is that the last day of the month? Yeah, it's uh, last day for public viewing is next week, January thirty first. Is it? Yeah. Great stuff, Reg Harris. It's been a delight chatting to you today. Thank you so much um, for, for sharing your your, your exhibition and, and your knowledge with me. Thanks, Emil. Thanks very much. 25 to 10 on RNZ National. Oh, 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 this is embarrassing. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. 
Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details.